Hey, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm the host of a new football podcast called Slow News Day. I want to tell you about it. On Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will recap the weekend in football that was, as well as look ahead to what's next. On Wednesday, the normal Slow News Day, the thing you've been watching for years, current players, current coaches, current analysts talking about the football world. And on Friday, it's a wild card. Could be some college football, could be more pro stuff. It's a video podcast, so you can watch it on Spotify or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Spotify. It's Slow News Day. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page, plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Welcome to the Ringers Philly special. Shield Kapadia joined by Ben Solak. We're looking at the field. It's littered with red and yellow confetti in the Eagles end zone. Eagles fall to the Chiefs 38-35 in a classic. A hell of a game. A hell of a Super Bowl. Not the result Eagles fans wanted. Benny Souls, you look sharp as always. You got the tie on. How are you feeling after that game? I'll be honest. I... I haven't been sad until you started the pod. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like, I was like, okay with it. I was ready for it. Like, tie game, five minutes left. I feel like I know what's coming down the mountain. It comes down the mountain. I'm in like journalism mode. I got to go get quotes. I got a story to write and everything. And like, you know, people, like my mom's texting me, our friends are texting me, like, sucks for the loss. And I'm like, yeah, it's tough. Like, you know, kind of felt like it might go this way. You know, it's, it's whatever. Like, kind of got to get through it. And then right when you started that and you're like, it's the Ringers Philly special, I was like, man, they, they lost. <laughs> Dang it, it was close. They lost. Tough one. Well, let's start where it ended. I mean, yeah. you, you mentioned it because that was really it. This was a game where these two teams were throwing haymakers back and forth. Eagles up by 10 at halftime, and Mahomes is looking hobbled. I mean, at that point, right. you're an Eagles fan. You're feeling great. But as we talked about last week, there's no lead that is comfortable with Patrick Mahomes on the other side. So Eagles come down score a touchdown, get the two-point conversion, tied at 35, 5.15 left in the game. And you knew right there, like you knew instantly. I, I think I said it to whoever I was with. I go, the Chiefs' goal here is to score as the clock hit zero, yep. not give the Eagles' offense the ball back. And that's exactly what they did. 12 plays, 66 yards. They take 5.07 off the clock. Harrison Butker kicks the 27-yard field goal. But listen, if you've listened to the show, you know that we rarely, I feel like, talk about 
officiating and and maybe there just hasn't been a need to all mm-hmm. season because the Eagles were winning so many of these games but big call huge call it's it, it's really there's going to be a lot of things I think Eagles fans will remember from this game but certainly in the next 24 48 72 hours week two weeks three months or whatever the key play everyone's going to remember third and eight from the Eagles 15 James Bradbury gets called for holding and yeah. I'll get your thoughts in a second to me it's just such a bummer because this was such a great game that right. I would have loved to see. All right, incomplete, kick the field goal. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense gets the ball back. If they score and then the Chiefs score again and you Imagine. lose, you can handle that. If they score and then the Eagles lose in, in overtime, you can handle that. But to lose right there where they don't even get an opportunity. And again, this was like... This was not a game that was called closely. Like there weren't a bunch of flags on right. uh, either side. At least I felt there I haven't was even looked no at the numbers. ineligible man downfield. There was no ineligible called man on like more RPOs combined from both teams yeah. that have ever been called in a, played in a game in history. Yeah. Of which like the Eagles were downfield on like nine of them, and they just weren't calling it. They were letting them play. Yeah. for fifty nine for fifty eight minutes, and uh, and the last one, nope, flag comes out. Yeah, it, it was really great players making plays on mm-hmm. both sides, and defense is really uh, not showing up in a big way. So. Uh, I understand. I'm, I'm not gonna say, hey, if you're, you know, if you're an Eagles fans, the calls even out. If you're just furious at that call, I totally get it because you feel yeah. like you were robbed of something that could be special. And to zoom out, and again, I'm rambling, rambling here. We don't really have a plan for this podcast. We're just sitting here looking at the people on the field and talking about it. I, I think if you zoom out, if Eagles win this game. They're considered the best Eagles team of our lifetime. I mean, easily. Maybe the best Eagles team of all time. If you, right. if you out-duel Patrick Mahomes here and you win the mm-hmm. Super Bowl the way Jalen Hurts played, that's really how you're talking about this team. And, you know, we can get to it later. You're still talking about them as a great team. But they didn't win the Super Bowl. They lose in the Super Bowl. And it's a little bit different. So I'll tell you what James Bradbury said in the locker room in a minute. But just your yeah. take uh, on that call being made in that spot. It sucks. You don't want a flag to matter as much in the game as it did, right? If that pass falls incomplete, then there's a minute 54 left. The Eagles keep one timeout because it's an incomplete pass. Presumably, they're down by three. Wouldn't you have loved to have seen it? All-time drive, it could have been. Less than two minutes, so you only have one clock stoppage. Jalen Hurts has been throwing the ball incredibly in the entire second half. It's been one of the best games of his career. This is, is it. This is all the marbles. This is go down, score seven, and you beat Patrick Mahomes by scoring 42 points. You out-duel the greatest on offense for 60 minutes. It, it would have been such a great drive. I think the flag was thrown, the replay was shown, and Eagles fans felt totally cheated. I think if the flag wasn't thrown and the replay was shown, Chiefs fans would have felt totally cheated. See, I disagree with that. I, I don't think so. I, I think that it's a call that maybe, I think Chiefs, I, I'm not saying they wouldn't have been upset, I right. think they, but I don't think the in the grand scheme of things, I think the outrage you'll see and hear, and this isn't just because we're an Eagles podcast. I see what you're saying. Right, right, right. I, I think you would have been, all right, it could have gone either way, but I think most people would have been like, all right, that point in the game, it wasn't egregious, you don't call it there. Like, I don't, you know, it's nothing like the Rams Saints, you right. know, like anything I, like that. I agree with you that that the the Eagles get way more shafted by the call than the Chiefs get shafted by the non-call. Yes. I do think it was like 50-50 in terms yeah. of like whether or not it was defensive holding. But you're right in to say that the, the magnitude of the call. I just think right, I think if like you know wasn't called, Chiefs fans would have been able to say like that should have been defensive holding and had a case. But obviously right, like you're saying there's 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 they're going to take the lead and then then the game plays on. So that's a great point. Um in general it was uh like not a lot of flags, a lot of 
refereeing. We had Devontae Smith touchdown get, or Devontae Smith catch get relooked at. Dallas Goddard catch get relooked at. This was uh, the Kenny Gainwell touchdown that comes back. There were a lot of, you know, (laughs) I forgot what it was. Miles Sanders fumble, no fumble. Yes, oh, great one. I forgot what it was like to be in a stadium and not have the amount of replay that I want. Like, just have one video board that has, like, three angles and just, like, furiously updating on Twitter yeah. and trying to find an angle that actually helps. It felt like, like a ton of, like, very close replays, in general, of which I thought they got them right. You know what I'm saying? I think the Devontae Smith catch was incomplete. I think the Goddard catch definitely was a catch, and they confirmed that one. I think the, the, the Sanders hit was, was certainly an incomplete pass. And so, ton of replays. Um, but that one call, yeah, the referees end up mattering. After, like, so many star players mattered for so long, it comes down to Carl Jeffers, and you just hate it when that happens. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Like, if we, listen, if we get some stuff wrong on those calls, no calls, other than Bradbury, I think we both got to, you know, yeah. looked at that one many times. It's just because you're right. It is harder to get replays of those in the stadium. I'll be honest, I don't, like, I don't know about those, those catches, no catches. I don't know how the rule is officiated. This is a problem. We've talked about this uh, for years, for weeks, whatever. It's just hard to know. I, I, I mean, I would have, wouldn't have been surprised either way on a lot of those calls because I don't understand. I just don't understand how it's officiated and what constitutes a catch. So James Bradbury in the locker room, I mean, he really is a pro's pro. He just stands there, random reporters coming up to him, you know, time yeah. after time, asking the same same questions over and over again. And he basically said, you know, he said it was a halt. It could go either way in that time. I understand why they called it. He wasn't making any excuses. And it could go either way. I mean, if he would have said, I didn't think it was a hold, that, that's fine too. But, uh, you know, I think it goes to some of the stuff that makes this team special. Just talking to all the players and coaches all yeah. week, the accountability, kind of the character of this team. I mean, they have film reviews every Wednesday during the season where they go over the film and they literally have numbers mm-hmm. on the board, both for good plays and bad plays. But if you have a bad play, your number is on the screen in front of the entire team. Uh, and that's right. just the way Nick Sirianni has been like, yeah, we're going to. And, and by the way, Nick Sirianni will put his name up there. They'll put Shane Steichen's name up there. They just, you know, you can preach all these values and, you know, football, there's all these cliches. But how do you enforce some of that stuff? The accountability, uh, you know, that, that's something they've done yeah. all season this, long. Uh, so. I, I talked a, I, a metaphor that I used coming into the game that I don't like using because it gets overused, but is that metaphor of the heavyweight fight, right? Where like it, it felt like it was going to be shot after shot after shot from both teams, and that's absolutely what it, it was, was, right? Yeah. Eagles opening drive, touchdown. Chiefs come back with a touchdown. Eagles go over the touchdown. Oh, Eagles get a stop. Then the Chiefs get the, the fumble recovery, and then they're back. And then the Eagles go, and then the Mahomes sack, and then the Eagles are able to kick at, half, at, at halftime. They're up by 10, and then the Chiefs come out with the opening drive. They just, just punch after punch after punch. And then when you when you sit there and listen to the way the Eagles talk about the loss, you get the sense of a heavyweight team that threw all their punches, that had you know ducks spinning around the other team's head, that you know got a couple of counts, but the other team got back up, and then the, the final bell rang, and the judges delivered their decision. They said, you know what? I was swinging. I was swinging the whole game. He got his, I got mine, and, and it ends up a, a three-point game on, on you know, uh, like a call late and, 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 a, and a scramble late and just like all the little stuff that accumulates. You get the sense listening to the Chiefs in the locker room that they know they played an extremely talented team, which is easy to say after you win, yeah. right? But like compared to like, you know, the, 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 the Niners who are sorry after their loss, the Cowboys who have been sorry for like <laughs> months. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of these teams have been like, oh, the Eagles aren't that great. Oh, Nick Sirianni, this thing, sorry, Sirianni that. Sirianni coached an incredible game. Shane Steichen called an unbelievable game. Jalen Hurts played an unbelievable game. And the Chiefs said that and the Eagles acknowledged, right? Brandon Graham talking about how much he respects the guys, how proud he's of the guys. Like the Eagles, 
absolutely did the organization proud. They did the team proud. They did the coaches proud. They did the leaders proud. They came out here and played a tremendous football game for 60 minutes. And you'd love for that scoreboard to look differently. You absolutely would. But there's a, there's a, a deserved high hold of the chin for the Eagles out there. And I'm very happy to see that. I think Bradbury's comments stand to that. It's like, yeah, defense holding. I thought I got away with it. I didn't. It's not going to like say, like, oh, let's, let's you know, bring this into one play. Jordan Mailata talked about the field conditions. It's a slippery. It was wet out there. We were moving around. But it was Chiefs and it was Eagles. The, yeah. they, they, they absolutely took their loss on the chin, knowing that they were an extremely good team, knowing that they hung with the Chiefs and very well could have won it. So proud of the, of the team in that context. Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, so you were mostly, you were talking to the Eagles players at like the risers or those interviews and the yeah. Chiefs. Or I, did. Yeah, I don't even know how you yeah. spent, how we split up there. Yeah, post-game. so I, I did a couple of the Eagles players at the risers and then I did some of the Chiefs players at the risers. Okay. I'm writing about Andy Reid uh, gotcha. for, for the ring in, in the post game. Um, but yeah, like like uh, uh, Andy Reid said that Nick Sirianni is like great for the the NFL. He's got a ton of respect for him. Uh, Travis Kelsey brought up how talented the Eagles were and how, how well coached of a team they were. Uh, there was another, uh, it might have been Nick Bolton. I can't remember. There's another Chiefs player who you know was, uh, talked about it. Uh, J- uh, Patrick Mahomes asked about Jalen Hurts' performance. Said if there's any doubters, there can't be any doubters anymore. Like this was an unbelievable game from him. You could tell there was mutual respect, which is like these franchises are connected, so that's cool. But also like. I, I it really like if we start to get into the nitty gritty of the game here, Shield, the Eagles made four mistakes, the Chiefs made two. You know, I mean, like, that's what it was. It, it was yeah. that small of a game in terms of the things that happened and the things that mattered. And that's why I see such a close scoreboard. These two teams respect each other a lot. Yeah, let, let's get to the game in a minute. Uh, I was in the Eagles locker room, uh, kind of what you would expect quiet you can hear you know the locker slam you can hear the uh the the slides on the carpet after guys shout you can hear a lot of you know you just hear random slaps and it's just okay two random people just giving a a handshake and a hug right uh with with the end of the season i I mean the bottom line is uh, with professional sports and specifically with football is that there's so much turnover year after year and i think that's something that that hits them you know they had a team meeting on Saturday night and Nick Sirianni had said previously he thought about that meeting for a while what would he say on the Saturday night to his team before the Super Bowl but last week he said he changed his mind and he just wanted to open it up to all the players and so he let all the players talk and you know Jason Kelsey was saying quite a few guys spoke Uh, they were emotional and that was a theme like this has been a great run this will be the last time we'll be together forever and it's going to look a lot different next year and so uh, your point was a good one about like like how the 49ers reacted to the Eagles loss I mean yeah. it really was the opposite I mean my Lada was talking you know I think he said specifically we're not sore losers yeah. and so we're you know we're, we're not gonna make excuses and there really was a sense of like hey we played a great game and right. we lost like there's not I, I I'm there's always going to be a play here and a play there I'm sure Nick Sirianni won't sleep and I'll think about one thing or the other but for the most part uh specifically offensively they played just such a fantastic yeah. game where they were in it at the end that there are going to be very few regrets it's not it's not going to be a game where you have like 10 things where you say oh you, normally we do x and if we did x in this game we would have won like yeah. they, they rose to the occasion that's, um in this game i'm like that's what accountability is right it's not hypotheticals it is what happened like i'm like i, I i'm so impressed by this team like i i yeah. it was just so dumb they just lost the super bowl <laughs> but I'm 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 legit. I'm getting like like choked up just thinking about how mature this team is, how developed this team is. This is a, a quarterback in his second season of starting on a rookie contract as a second year head coach, and they're young coaching staff. They got a lot of young guys who play critical roles in the team, and they are just 
it's we're, this was the 2022 Philadelphia Eagles. There's uh, extreme accountability, extreme ownership. It's really, really like this is a side of the Eagles. I feel like we didn't get to see in totality in the regular season because of how infrequently they lost and how meaningless their losses were sometimes. And right? The schedule. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you yeah. Face the heavyweight. But then to, to have this game against the Chiefs and to just be like accountable for for the game right we, we did we did really well we were close we respect that other team eagles will be back next year like kudos to them what a what a what a wonderfully well coached well managed well led team this is beautiful stuff really was a really was a great team i mean yeah. i'm sure people are listening to this being like this is a little too positive and i and i and i get that we're kind of just talking through it and, and talking about the thoughts that come to our mind i mean you, you know honestly if you zoom out and like 50 years from now you think about this team you're going to you're going to think it was wow that that was an incredible season an incredible run uh, an incredible super bowl even though it didn't end the way you wanted it to end yeah. all right let's take a quick break and let's come back and get, and get to some of the, uh, the nitty-gritty nitty of this game. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. All right, we're back on the Ringers Philly special. I want to start with Jalen Hurts and the offense. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't be more impressed with Jalen Hurts mm -hmm. in this game. All right, fine. One bad play, one huge play, swung win probability, fumble, return for a touchdown. Yes, but you know what stands out to me with Jalen Hurts, and he's done it all season, and he's done it for two years? What did they do the very next drive? After that, where yeah, we right. see quarterbacks might, you know, ah, oh, they might let it, uh, you know, escalate in that spot. He comes right back after the fumble, 12 play, 75 yard touchdown drive, has a huge run on fourth down, fourth and five quarterback draw. It was, it was not the exact same call because they changed the blocking, but it was functionally like they went empty, went quarterback draw. The same play he fumbled on in third and six. Shane Steichen's got in the headset and went. Again, again, yeah. <laughs> and, they go, and they go in, and right, he rips off uh, twenty-eight yard run, puts him in field goal range, yeah. puts him in touchdown range. Unbelievable, uh, unbelievable. He's ice. Fourth quarter, down thirty-five twenty-seven to Patrick Mahomes. 
eight play. <laughs> 75-yard touchdown, right. two-point conversion, runs it in. I mean, the man just drove, you know, big completion to Devontae Smith, takes him right down the field, no panic in Jalen Hurts. He never saw the field again. And after yeah. that two-point, until that, you know, last, uh, last desperation play, did not get another chance after tying it at 35 and so uh just some of the you know he throws for 304 he rushes for 70 by the way no quarterback has hit those two marks in the super bowl in nfl history three ever. rushing touchdowns that tied the most for in a super bowl in nfl history or, or it might have even been the record i can't recall yeah. now i saw in like the second quarter because he had three freaking rushing touchdowns yeah. <laughs> fourth time in a playoff game anyone's done that 370 first time ever in a super bowl Ben, these were not, you know, we've had games where we've come on and said, uh, you know, the offense and they scheme guys open. I thought he made, and we'll watch the film and see if this yeah. is, I thought he made as many like high level throws in this game in big spots as maybe he has in any game this season. Uh, I just thought, I, yeah. I just, and then they just shut the lights out. They're jeering. They uh, turn the lights yeah, down on the, on, the, on the field and everybody <laughs> that stuck there is still very upset. People are not ready to say goodnight. But I just feel like if you're an Eagles fan and you're looking ahead and we'll get to what this thing looks like going forward, you come out of this game going, Jalen Hurts went toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes on the biggest stage there is and scored 35 points and put the Eagles in position uh, to win this game and if I'm an Eagles fan, I'm just going, yeah, pay the man this offseason and let's go yeah. and let's take another crack at it for the next three, five, seven years, whatever it is. I, I don't know how you could be any more pumped about having him as your quarterback. Third and six in the third quarter, Dallas Goddard, 17-yard oh, catch. Great uh, catch. That's, that's one yeah. rolling out to his left. Again on the next drive, third and 14. Oh, that one, right. Dallas Goddard on the deep corner. Legereus Sneed is, is sinking under the ball so often. The Chiefs had the right defensive call. Lights are back on. <laughs> so often, the Chiefs had the right defensive call in this game, and Hurts and the Eagles pass catch the made AJ it Brown not touchdown. matter. AJ Brown touchdown. They have him bracketed. <laughs> oh they got him bracketed. It's Outside just like leverage. it's just like yeah. the Jamar Chase fourth and six conversion. It's just like the Devontae Adams <laughs> touchdown. They got a bracket on a star receiver. And and what do we talk about? We talked about these are small Chiefs corners, and they're really bad at the catch point. The Eagles are so much better, especially AJ Brown at the catch point. Well, what happens? Hurts just chucks it up to, to AJ like I can't even say like it's a good throw it's not a good decision he's double yeah covered. but how many times have we said that this yes. year and it's a skill you have AJ Brown take your shots I mean right. that has led it's, to touchdown it's after the touchdown license. it's 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 Sirianni and Steichen and Brian Johnson and Hurts in the room saying we'll take it you know what yeah. I'm saying like we it, it, the the boom is so worth the bus yeah that we're gonna go for it and then AJ pays you off on, on an unbelievable adjustment to the ball getting past McDuffie who can't find the ball in the air they went back to the well in like the next drive and one Thornhill almost goes up and AJ Brown breaks it up like yeah. AJ Brown's playing defense they say we are gonna take these shots Devontae Smith multiple times on the uh, on the sideline uh you know misses him on the first drive a Le- little bit later in the game you have the uh the the one that was almost a catch but not a catch the ball hits the ground and then finally Legereus Sneed busts and they get him on the deep outside I mean yeah. Hertz was looking for for his shots. Goddard's making unbelievable catches in traffic. A.J. Brown catches in traffic. Zach Pascal had like a, a curl route catch. Big Zach Pascal game. Uh, besides the Quez drop, which like we're not going to do a Quez thing right now, but yeah. come on. Uh, the Eagles pass catchers were paying Hurts off and Hurts was shooting. Hurts was attacking. The Chiefs also spent a lot of time trying to get Hurts rolling out of the pocket. And, uh, to his left. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. his left. And he had a couple of times he had to throw the ball away. He had the one on the early drive where he couldn't get his hips flipped in time, and Willie Game makes contact with him. But he also had great throws moving out to his left. You know, this was a game where, like, Hertz is 
development and improvement was both highlighted as well as like, all right, well, this is how defenses are playing him. And now he gets a whole offseason to say, all right, I kind of get, they're trying to move me this way and they're trying to get this free rusher and, 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 and you know, throw me off like this. And with what we know about Jalen Hurts, we can expect him to be better at dealing with these defenses next year. I thought this was one of the most impressive performances of him, especially in the second half. Yeah, I would have loved to see him get the, get the ball again. Yeah, that Quez throw was I thought was one of his best throws of the game. We'll, we, I want to yep. see it uh, on film. But yes, yeah, second half, Jalen Hurts goes uh, sixteen for nine. Oh no, sorry, ten for sixteen for one hundred and twenty-one yards on nineteen dropbacks. But listen, if you look at the offensive performance, twenty-five first downs, four hundred and seventeen yards. They had nine possessions. They scored on six of them: four touchdowns, two field yeah. goals, two punts, and a fumble. Uh, it was their seventh best offensive performance of the season in terms of EPA per drive, and your EPA per drive gets killed by that fumble that gets returned for a touchdown. If, if yeah. you just take their EPA per drive from this game, that would equate to the best offense in the NFL for an entire season. I mean, right. I, I know if you're saying, but, 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 that fumble, I get it. It was one play. It happens. He bounces back. Uh, as I forgot what player said it this week, football is an imperfect game. You know, yeah. you're going to make those mistakes. Can you bounce back? Can you play? Come, can you come through when you're down eight to Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl on the biggest stage? Like, didn't flinch right down the field uh, for a touchdown. So, yeah, I just thought Hurts was uh, incredible in this game. Yeah. The, uh, he was also huge to the running game, 15 carries for 70 yards. Their most effective running game by a mile first half was quarterback design, right? Not zone read, quarterback design run. Yeah. Uh, empty backfield, and he's going to keep it on draw. Empty backfield, is going to keep it with a puller. They ran trap, they ran quarterback trap with them, which they haven't run all season. Um, they really struggled to get the ball run working in the design running game. Yeah. Chiefs are doing a lot on first down to change fronts, right? Mess with the Eagles' uh, communication on the offensive line. Mess with, you know, okay, who's blocking who? Well, they're going to change the picture on you. So, like, Sanders, I thought, struggled in this game. I was expecting a much bigger game from Sanders. Uh, I don't know if he was, like, banged up because he came out on the first play, right. ran, and then we saw a lot of game well in Boston Scott yeah. in the first half, and Sanders came back in later in the game. So a bit of a question mark there, but Sanders struggled a little bit. Uh, and there was uh, there were Gainwell issues as well, um, but Hurts in that design running game so 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 important because they're playing in the shotgun. They're they're using all these spread sets. They want to spread the Chiefs out. Well, now you need to use your quarterback as the eleventh rusher. His first rushing touchdown, or excuse me, his second rushing touchdown. Not the Kenny Gainwell reversal play, but the one where he walked in through the tackle box. A great example of they just motion out. The Chiefs go to a check. There's no second level player, and Hurts just waltzes in. I mean, when you play eleven on eleven, it's so much easier. And so his his the only reason their running game stayed afloat the only reason they were able to get into third and conversion downs third and manageable was because of Hertz's legs and then yeah we uh we were talking about this a little bit in the pre-show eagles end the day 11 for 18 on third down they're two for two on fourth down which doesn't even include the false the uh, the, the neutral zone infractions that they were drawing so those count as no play they were unbelievable situationally nick sirani said we are a situational football team we practice situations they were shockingly good in situation this that they were 61 percent conversion rate on third down that is the second highest figure of a super bowl ever the fact that they lose that's crazy yeah like, yeah say that again make sure people don't lose it oh sorry my bad i gotta <laughs> change my face 61 percent conversion rate on third down the second highest figure of a super bowl ever the ever. only other highest number shield 2018 eagles against the patriots 62.5 percent yeah but this uh 61 conversion rate to lose a game like that is extremely difficult it's very very <laughs> hard especially when you're the, the few third downs you're not getting 
You're converting on fourth down. Yeah. It's really, really crazy. Series conversion rate, which is just how often your first and tens become new first and tens or a touchdown. Eagles were at 80%, which is 88th percentile. I mean, it's... It's great. That's nice. They were, they were so, they so, so good offensively. Yeah. The biggest feather to me goes to Shane Steichen. Steichen was outside of his mind just with the design run and with the changes, with the third down calls. I think if you are the Indianapolis Colts who apparently are hiring Shane Steichen away, you look at this game and you go, yeah, we, we feel pretty good about that. Shane Steichen, huge flower in his cap. Uh, the one, yeah, I'm, I'm just like looking at the box score and it's like, yeah, other than that Quez drop and that was during the field goal drive. I mean, I thought that was a big drive. So Eagles yeah. come out in the second half. And the fir their first drive of the second half after the Chiefs score, they go 17 plays on that drive, but they have to settle for a field goal there. And that's where you're mm -hmm. going, ooh, you know, like that. You're just thinking, like, is that going to be good enough to settle for a field goal there? Now, Wat Quez Watkins had the drop, and it was a bad drop, and it was a great, that again, a great throw by Jalen Hurts. And Hurts came back and still converted like a third and long on the drive. I mean, that didn't that didn't even kill. Right, yeah, it didn't kill the series. It didn't kill the, kill the possession. So they come back, but then they stall uh, in the red zone there, and they have to settle for a field goal. So I thought that was big. It was really those back-to-back -back drives. That was one. And then the next one, they go three and out, and they had a fourth and three from their own 32 in the fourth quarter. Yeah, this was big. Where I was wondering if they were going to go for it there. I mean, yeah. this was because we just after that 49ers game, right? That was what their own 35. I think it was where they go for it. So it's not like unprecedented to go for it there. They don't go for it. They punt. They're down 28, seven. They punt on fourth and three from their own 32 chiefs return the punt. Kadarius, Tony 65 yards, and then the chiefs score a touchdown. So I thought that sequence there, uh, was just monstrous. I mean, that 17-play drive really shortened the game. Each team only had one possession, one true possession yeah. in the third quarter. It was wild. All of a sudden, we're going to the fourth yeah. quarter. I'm like, wait, what? You just came out after halftime. So that, and then uh, what, what did you think at the time at, with that fourth and three? Were you surprised they didn't go for it? Did you understand it? Were you begging for him to go for it? How did you feel at that spot, fourth and three from their own 32 in the fourth, down 28-27? Yeah. Firstly, talk about a, a swing back from like, oh, explosive plays. Like All of this was just methodical drive conversions you know first and chunk second and sorry, first and a little bit second and a little bit very very like you know total divergence from from the the football we thought we thought we were going to see three or four years ago when everything was moving towards explosive plays that fourth and three from the 32 it's funny because i one of the things i was talking about you know in the week leading up was like you know you go for a fourth and one from your own 35 against the niners which they did right and it's like all right you're gonna be able to do that on the big stage fourth and three is a lot different than fourth yeah, and one it absolutely it's a big difference but so the I, homes is a lot yeah. different than whoever's playing yeah and it's the... funny because when you're when you're punting the ball the the, the reason why you say okay go for it, it's like listen if Mahomes gets the ball to 32 uh your your 32 versus his 32 he's probably driving down the field and scoring you know what i'm saying like why not just go for this try and just keep possession but when you punt it you don't think sit boss is going to shank a 30 yarder and that was the big thing is, is that that punt uh, that punt traveled 38 yards to the Kansas City 30. It went off the side of his foot. Uh, Patrick Tony was uh, no, excuse me, not Patrick Kadarius Tony was planning on a, a, a they had return right called right. So he, the the return was supposed to go to Tony's right. 
that ball shanks. It goes to the left, and the entire Eagles coverage is drawn in. There's no Chiefs defenders, and then Tony is just one of the weirdest movers in the league. Yeah. Like, if you watch the replay, I don't, I don't know if you saw the, the broadcast angle. We had, obviously, the angle we did in, in, the, in the end zone, er, in the press box, and it looked incredible. The broadcast angle is unbelievable in terms of the fact that he stays upright. It's shocking. But that's the issue with shanking a punt like that is now coverage gets distorted relative to where the, the, the punt return is set up. And when Tony's able to flip field, you've got seven blockers for like three defenders. And all of a sudden, you know, you're in trouble. So third phase of the game, important there in that regard. I, I understand punting it. I really, really, truly do. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it's unjustifiable. It's just a reminder of like you can tell yourself you're flipping the field. Sipos has got to hit a kick. He's got to. He's got to. He's got to punt it well. And like Sipos was asked to punt twice and shanked one of them, and that one mattered tremendously. Yeah, I'm trying to play it out uh, in my head there. So if they, like, what if they get a good punt there, and right then the and the, and so the Chiefs got the ball back with 10, 11 left. So if the Chiefs have to use more time there. And let's say they still score. I mean, they were scoring yeah. a touchdown every possession. So if they have to use more time there, yeah, then you could make the case that the Eagles, the Eagles get, get the, the ball back possession. and they score and they Which, tie it. Right. Although the Eagles would have probably been playing with more urgency there because when you're down yeah. by eight, you don't want to assume that you're going to get the two point. Um, so who knows how it would have ended. But uh, yeah, obviously yeah. hindsight looking at it. And I was kind of on the fence when it happened. In general, I think that uh, when Mahomes is on the other side, it would have been a very uh, cojones call. It would have been yeah. like maybe the, maybe the most ballsy call in uh, Super Bowl history. Uh, it would have been, would've it would've been justifiable, it though. It really would have been justifiable. Um, yeah. yeah, and the other thing about you getting the ball there, like, okay, let's say it takes the Chiefs five minutes, six minutes to score instead of they get it scored right away. So now there's about four minutes left on the clock. Well, they had a choice because that touchdown would have put them up seven before the, the extra point taken. Listen to Sheila and Ben on the yeah. Ring NFL show. Um, so they're up by seven now, and Andy has a choice. Kick a field, uh, an extra point, go up by eight, two. or I go for two and go up nine. Two maybe I, anyway. I thought he should have at the time, yeah. right? They score with 9.22 left. But at the time, you're, like, really confident you're going to at least get one more possession yeah. with 9.22 left. And so you're like, all right, you know what I'm saying? If we're going to get the ball back, we're going to be able to kind of control the flow and, and see what we need to score there. Once you score the touchdown, you know you'll never need more than a field goal, so you're okay with it. If you score with about five minutes left and you say, hey, we go for two here, and we force them to go two possession. They now need to go hurry up in an onside as opposed to uh, you know, being able to just score to tie this game in one possession. You might have seen the Chiefs go for two there, which is another critical uh, coaching decision in this one. I thought that Andy did the Eagles enormous favors. Yeah, I don't think Andy he would does. have. As you're saying that, yeah. I don't think he would have. When, they, not really. when the Chiefs kicked a field goal on fourth and three yes. for the Eagles 24, uh, the, their second drive of the game, even before it misses, that's a ridiculous yes. decision. And then to not go for two, I thought was a bad decision as well. So Andy did what Andy does. Then challenge on the Goddard yeah. catch. Andy, Andy just trying to get the Eagles <laughs> back in this game in terms of how he's managing the clock. But when you got 15 back there, you have a, a wider margin for error for sure. Yeah, I mean, listen, everybody showed up on offense. I thought the pass pro was great. Not, I mean, the, you're, you're right. The backs didn't really, uh, didn't really get involved. They didn't do much on the ground. But Devontae Smith, 7 for 100. We knew he was going to be, I mean. Devontae had 100? 7 for 100 on oh, nine targets. Dude, I feel like I, I, mean, feel like I missed shows that. Up. I mean, he, he had 41 on the first series, and then he had a 45-yard catch, 45 catch on the game-tying drive. Later, A.J. Brown. Six for 96, monstrous touchdown catch. Yeah. We talked about it on eight targets. Dallas Goddard was awesome in this game. Six for 60 on seven targets. So 
those are the three guys the past game goes through. All three of them showed up in this game. The quarterback showed up. The O-line showed up. Ultimately, it was not enough. All right. Let's get to the other side of the ball, Benjamin. Yeah. It was not pretty. Early in the first, it was a very weird first half in that Mahomes just wasn't on the field. I mean, they were not right. getting a lot of possessions. One, because of the uh, Eagles offense. Two, because you had the turnover. So you, you had a drive and then you come right back on the field. But they had the Chiefs had four possessions in the first half. They go up and down the field on the first one. And then they go miss field goal, punt, and punt. And you're going, okay, that's pretty good for a, uh, a first half. One yeah. touchdown on four possessions. But unfortunately for Eagles fans, the games are two halves long, four if quarters only. long, 60 minutes long. And in the second half, the Chiefs go 75-yard drive touchdown, 70-yard drive touchdown. Yeah. Only five-yard drive touchdown after the big return. And then really, honestly, what, what might be the most frustrating drive is that last one. I mean, yeah. Because you, you had a margin, like you didn't need to hold them out of the end zone there. You kind of just need to give your offense the ball back, give your offense a chance, and you couldn't do it. 12 plays, 66 yards, four first downs, 5.07 off the clock, and those were the four possessions in the second half. So three touchdowns and then a field goal drive that essentially ends the game. You give up 21 first downs and 340 yards. I think that the performance was worse than those numbers indicate. The Chiefs had eight possessions, scored on five of them, four touchdowns, a field goal, a missed field goal, and two punts. It was the Chiefs' third best offensive performance of the season. If you go EPA per drive, if you go success rate, Ben, which we've talked about before, yeah. it's just a play successful uh, or not. So Gotta it takes first. out the outliers. It was their best Chiefs' best performance of the season. It was tied for the sixth best performance of yeah. any team this season. That's out of 568 yeah. games played. They cooked them. They yeah. absolutely cooked the Eagles defense. Eagles pass rush held without a sack. The run game, the passing game, however you want to slice it. Again, the Eagles, it, it was really, it reminded me of the Eagles-Patriots Super Bowl where you just needed that Brandon Graham play. Like, you needed one play. Yeah. You had four possessions to get one play, and you didn't get that one play. Ultimately, like, that really, like you said, there were four plays in this game, but that was one of them. I mean, I mean that was a, really the yeah. game right there. This is, like I said, if you're the Colts and you think you're hiring Shane Steichen, you're watching this game, you're like, I love it. If you are the Cardinals, who apparently are, have Jonathan Gannon as the leader in their clubhouse, you're watching this game like, what the heck, man? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Here's the thing. This is, this, is what, this is what it boils down to fundamentally. Jonathan Gannon wants to stop the pass at the expense of stopping the run. The Eagles, formationally, did not line up to stop the run in this game like at all. You know what I'm saying? They had, they had snaps for Linval. They had snaps for Jordan Davis. They had some snaps in five down fronts. But generally, they were allowing the Chiefs to run the ball on them pretty much at will. Right When you look at, at how the Chiefs performed in the running game, 0.15 EPA per rush. They had a success rate of 48%. These are above their average for as a team. These are some of their best single-game numbers of the season. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, Jeremy McKinnon, especially late, right, when they're, they're, they're trying to salt that clock away, finding success running the football. Now, we're going to stop the pass, the expense of stopping the run. It works against eh, quarterbacks. All of a sudden, you run into an elite one. And it turns out you just can't stop the pass. It turns out just quarterbacks are too good, right? The Chiefs are getting rid of the ball too quickly. The ball's out 
Travis Kelsey over the middle of the field, Juju Smith-Schuster on the slant. They're staying ahead of the sticks. They're avoiding the sacks. Now, all of a sudden, guess what? You're not stopping the pass, and you've been selling out to stop the pass, so you can't stop the run. Guess what you're stopping at this point? Yeah. You ain't stopping Jack. Yeah. And that's the thing is, is when you build like this, where you say we are going to stop the pass, the expense of stopping the run, it looks so great against so many mediocre to even above average quarterbacks. And then you run into a guy like Mahomes, you just can't really stop him. You can't really stop the pass. And all of a sudden now you're, you're, the free access you're giving up in the, in the run game is so, so dangerous, right? Like the, the, the Chiefs were so successful rushing the football in early downs. 83.3% series conversion rate when they started with a run. It's 90th percentile, right? They just running on first and 10 to get to second and five, running on first and 10 to get to second and four. And your pass rush is never able to get to Mahomes. Never gets Mahomes. Zero sacks. They moved him off his spot a couple of times. Or you had the one, like, stumbling. Jordan Davis almost yeah, got him. Right, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, And, like, you know, they, they pushed him out of the pocket on the third and long, and then T.J. Edwards gets the tackle, like, two yards past line of scrimmage, so not a sack in the chart, but, like, kind of functionally a sack. They had good coverage reps, but he's just too much. And that's why the idea that, like, the pass rush can beat Mahomes was just, like, to me, I could never get my head fully around it. Like, look look at their, their touchdown passes. All of them are just, like, motion to a stack, ball's out right now, yeah. right? And, and Juju Smith-Schuster spoke about the touchdown passes after the game, and he was asked, like, you know, those that second one to Kadarius Toney and that third one to Sky Moore, they looked really, really similar. But the first one to Travis Kelsey, also, he motions in into a stack alignment as the, ba- the back man on the stack. He's like, hey, like, you guys were repping that? You guys like that? And Juju was like, man, like, we've been practicing those plays for two weeks. Like, we knew. Like we, we get to the red zone, their team likes to switch stuff off. They have pass stuff off. So you motion that guy into the stack. The Eagles think he's going to keep running in jet motion. Then, boom, you just send him back to the pylon. And he knew what Gannon had. He knew what he had in his bag. And Gannon's not the guy to make in-game adjustments. Gannon's not the guy to throw chaos at it. Right, let's just chuckle blitz at him. Let's try to get him in a second and 15. It's not what he does. He, he sat in, in the same defensive coverage shells, had T.J. Edwards over Travis Kelsey over the middle, and, you know, Vontae Maddox on, 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 on Juju Smith-Schuster in the slot and got beat by the same stuff over the course of the game. That's, that's who Gannon is. I, I, I sh- continue to struggle to believe that Gannon's defense will ever work against an elite quarterback. And if your defense is built to lose to elite quarterbacks, I'm not interested in it. I just not. And, like, Vic Fangio ain't coming back in the door this year. Right? Vic's like, why did that get leaked this morning? Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> well, it, it, it didn't. So people read it too quick. They read that it was Vic was was contributing to the Eagles' defense. He was. They said he was on a deal to help with the Eagles' offense That's against true. how to beat Spags' defense. Yeah. That's what the report said. But obviously, Vic's been working with the 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 Gannon defense all season, yeah. and they've been running more quarters. They've been running more bare fronts, and this and the other thing. But and, and when when it, when it comes down to Gannon, I just I'm, I remain wholly unconvinced that he has the stuff against the top quarterbacks. And the Eagles' offense and offensive coaching staff is ready to play a lot of games against a lot of top quarterbacks in January and February. I. This is not the sort of guy I'd want on the other side of the ball, forcing me to score 40 points. I don't know. It doesn't. It's, it's disappointing to see. Yeah, I mean, listen, you look at it, and I gave the stats out before the game. Like, when, what has happened when they've played quarterbacks who were top 10 in EPA per play? There was Jared Goff in week one, scored 35. There was Dak Prescott in week 16, they scored 40. And then there was the weird Trevor Lawrence game. Those were the only three. You faced right. literally the easiest and slate we, of quarterbacks in the NFL and the times you faced a good quarterback. Now you had Mahomes to it and you gave up yeah. 38. Right, and, mm. and Mahomes in the, in the week uh, five, four game last year, Right. Oh, like, you know, he had five touchdowns, Chiefs scored 42 points, Tyreek Hill, whatever. He had six incompletions. In this game, 
He had six incompletions. Yeah. He's not challenged. He did, did, did. Un- unless he is stuck in the pocket dealing with coverage, that's the only time in which he's challenged. And then he's so good getting out of the pocket. And so it, it, it's, it's, a wa- it's a washcloth. It's a wet noodle. You know what I'm saying it's there, but there's no resistance. There's, yeah. I, I, it doesn't impose. And like last year, we used to talk about personnel issues. Oh, you can't hide Anthony Harris. You know, yeah. and Steven Nelson on the outside. It, you're not going to get better this defensive personnel. This is as good personnel as, good as, as you will have for an Eagles right. defense maybe for the next I 20 years, honestly. I have never seen evidence that this defense can work against yeah. a quarterback that you expect to see in February. Yeah. And so for me, it's it's just – it's we're, we talk ourselves in circles, and Nick Sirianni yells at all of us after they beat Daniel Jones for yeah. rigging, you know, criticizing Gannon. It's like, listen, can I get a stop? Against a top one play. quarterback, please? One play. Asking for one play. Because I know sure. people will say, well, no one stops Mahomes. And that's true. Again, this was their best, the Chiefs' best yeah. offensive performance like, based on success right. rate. If you would have forced Mahomes into like, you know, if you would have forced them into like their 70th percentile game, right. you probably, you're and, probably Super Bowl champs. Yeah, and think about the other side of the ball. Think about Spags, right? I, I tweeted at the end of the first half. Like, it, is, it was shocking to see how much more talented the Eagles' offense was than the Chiefs' defense, yes. right? They just get in a third and four, and they just be like, all right, AJ, run a slant. And he yeah. just would convert, right? It was just so easy. Like, oh, Trent McDuffie. All the one-on-one right? matchups yeah. they won. Nick one-on-two Bolton matchups. Beat him in space. Yeah. Leo Chanel beat him in space. Oh, you know, no pass rush. Jalen Hurts throwing from pockets the size of the moon because they, they, they can't get a pass rush going. Like, they're just so, 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 so much more talented. But what did Spags know? Spags knew if I get one. Right. Okay. Like I get, I get my my, my fumble and, and and Nick Bolton return. Okay. They're going to convert thirty percent of their first down, of, of of their uh, third downs. They're going to convert sixty sixty percent of them. Excuse me. But if I can just force them into a field goal, right, which they did on on the uh, on the first drive of the second half. All right, and then boom, I, I get them into a uh, into a, a punt situation where they, they don't go for on fourth and three. If I can just get a couple stops, my guy's going to go get me thirty five. Right, Mahomes is going to go get me yeah. enough points that 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 we're going to be able to outpace him. And that's what he did. He threw chaos. Right, they had struggled so much to run the football in early downs, trying to get them into third and long, and then they converted some third longs. But if I can just get one or two stops, we're going to be enough. And Gannon just just bend, 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 break. Not interested. I'm out. It's hard to argue against that. I mean, yeah, it's hard to argue against that when you look at, like you said, lack of resistance. Has Every bad game they've had for the last two years, that's really been the case. So they dominated against bad quarterbacks, mediocre quarterbacks, slightly above average quarterbacks, but... Did you have confidence? You know, should you have had yeah. confidence? Now, the next gen stat says the Eagles played man coverage on a season high fifty five point six percent of pass plays. Yeah, which uh, I didn't realize. I don't know. Again, we'll we'll go to the film and give you our thoughts on what uh, what actually happened there. But yeah, when the pass rush isn't getting home and there's easy completions, I think at one point they were flashing next gen stats up here in the uh, in the stadium. And before that last Chiefs drive. Just eight percent of Patrick Mahomes's uh, attempts were into tight windows. Eight yeah. percent. I mean, that just speaks to how easy it was for them. Yeah. Next gen uh, stats also. Um, Mahomes was pressured on. I want to say about 22, 26 percent of his dropbacks. Yeah, twenty five point nine. Yeah. Yeah, which the Eagles were above thirty four percent pressure yeah. rate for this entire season. Eight straight for the games. Last eight, yep. eight weeks, and so, uh, which you know, I'm doing the math here really quickly in my head, but eight weeks ago feels like about. You know, that's the beginning of December. That's when they lost, right? I mean, like, they're now Washington, they lost in the middle of November, but that was when, like, you know, like they started, like, you know, bears a little bit and whatever. Yeah. Um, struggled to pressure him and they couldn't get him down, right? So you have uh, 
low pressure rate, low tight window throw rate, and yet still Mahomes ends up with a completion percentage over expectation of thir- plus 13.6. Expected comp of 70%, actual completion percentage of 84%. Jalen Hurts was also completion percentage over expectation of 15. These quarterbacks were nuts, and these receivers were nuts in terms of making their catches. He completed 80, 84% of his passes, Mahomes? Mahomes' completion percentage of 84%, 21 for 27. Oh, it, my gosh. Yes. So, <laughs> completion percentage. So a throwback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 84%. I wasn't used to seeing those right. numbers. Do you, remember, do you remember last year when in yeah. back-to-back weeks to Back-to-back, to to back, it was like 10 weeks in a row, yeah. it felt like. Well, yeah, to Derek, Derek Carr and Justin Herbert, they gave up 90%, 90%. completion percentage back-to-back. So, they were the first team like, ever to do it. That was this game. Yeah. It was just, it was, it was this game. What, do you remember that one player in Mahomes went past his first read? I'm trying to remember it. Oh, yeah, there was that one. You know, look, that's, that's the yeah. experience of it. Um, Guys were wide open. Yeah. I will say that, like, you know, I, I have no opinion on it as of this time. I'll be curious to go back to the film and see. I expected more from Josh Sweat against Orlando Brown. I expected more from Hassan Reddick against Andrew Wiley. Yeah, that absolutely. Even when you, when you talk about be smart in your rush lanes, he's going to make the first guy miss, yada, yada, whatever. What's been so impressive about the Eagles edges especially is how quickly they win and how well they finish at the quarterback we didn't have that in this game and i'll be curious to see kind of what that was orlando brown tweeted after the game uh zero sacks put that on a t-shirt orlando brown is going to be a free agent i respect orlando brown for doing his dance also your orlando brown maybe relax a little bit but i think no i think i I think they can take a whiff take a whiff how many times did i give out that sack yeah uh stat and uh, they held them without a sack i mean if you would have told me eagles are not going to sack mahomes once i probably would have said they're going to lose i'm just looking at the updated stats yes 7.4 percent of mahomes's throws go into tight windows just 7.4 percent it was way too easy uh for him all day long, I'm with you. The pass rush did not get home. The other, uh, the last stat we'll throw out here from Next Gen Stats is that so they they pressured him seven times and none of those turned into a sack. For so 0 for seven turning pressures into sacks for the season. 32 percent of the Eagles pressures yeah. turned into sacks. So I, I mean, again, that is really the story of the game here. Again, they needed one play, just one play in the second half, and we're talking Super Bowl champs. We're talking the greatest Eagles team of all time, and they could not get the one play, whether it's a strip sack, whether it's an interception, whether it's uh, just getting them behind the sticks, whatever it is, it did not happen for this Eagles defense. All right, what else did I have here? We talked about the Hurts fumble. We talked about the stretch where you punt on fourth and three, and then the punt return. We talked about the James Bradbury holding. We talked about the Quez Watkins drop. The playing surface, what was with the playing surface? It was weird. Again, both teams had to play on it, so whatever. I mean, honestly, that could have been a factor in the the pass rush for sure. Yeah, but everybody Sweat fell over on a rush. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So Joe Pompliano of something, but he's got a lot of followers, (laughs) so that's good. Uh, the NFL spent two years preparing the grass for tonight's field in the Super oh Bowl. was grown at a local sod farm in Phoenix. <laughs> it is installed two weeks ago on the fields and rolled out each morning for daily sunshine. Total cost $800,000. He tweeted this this morning. $800,000. He tweeted this this morning, and then the field was all abysmal. It was, it was a disaster. so bad. And 
Many players had remarks on it. ESPN wrote a whole story about, like, they've invented a blend of Bermuda grass yeah. and another Bermuda grass, and it's the best blend we've ever seen, and it's going to be so good, this blend. Watch out for this blend, Did anybody guys. test this? It was horrible. Did anybody Everybody. test the freaking grass? It's the Super Bowl. Like, you, do you really want players slipping all over? Right. The whole point of having a Super Bowl in a stadium like this is, be, is you're, like, controlling the yeah, elements. Yeah, exactly, which I was told that Sirianni was making a point to his guys over the course of the week that it was going to be a slippy field. They knew that, but they never worked out on exactly this field. And, yeah. I mean, it was a huge issue for both teams. Uh, it was great. Kadarius Tony was asked a question about it, and Tony was like, man, just, you know, knees over toes. And he, he just started talking about, like, <laughs> running strategy. And we're like, yeah. Kadarius. I need help with that. I, I feel like I have bad yeah. running form. Uh, running form is really tough. We'll talk about it off air. I'm a big running form guy. No, Regardless. we talk about it on air. we got uh, a whole offseason to fill. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> it, w- it absolutely impacted the game. Mylotta is right to say. Both teams had to play on it. But also, like, you know, you know, okay, a Chiefs player slips in, like, a second and an eight, and an Eagles player might have slipped on a third and three. And obviously a slip on a third and three matters a lot more than a slip on a second and eight. And, like, yeah. you know, you never know how those dice are going to fall. It's just right. It's an aspect of luck you don't want to be adding to the game. But, yeah, the field was absolutely a, a negative factor. And, like, the push for less turf because of how often turf creates ACL injuries, right? We have to remember last year, Odell Beckham Jr. tears his ACL in the Super Bowl field. They're playing on turf. Yeah. Uh, you know, turf in terms of concussions where it's less forgiving, right? Like, uh, uh, turf's absolutely going to be phased out and natural grass going to be continued phased in, but the league needs a better natural grass solution than this because this sucked. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, it's not it's not an excuse for why the Eagles lost the game, but, I mean, you're the NFL, and, like, I know they don't care because the money's coming in anyway, but think about, like, some of the things that are being talked about after this game, like Carl, there has to be a pool report about the call on James Bradbury. And then the, what was up with the playing surface? Like, eh, again, I'm sure they don't care. People are talking about it. People are going to watch, people are going to pay anyway, but um, I just don't understand how you can grow yeah. grass for $800,000. And this is what it's a good gig. We got to get out of this gig yeah. and into the grow grass for $800,000. All right, let's look ahead. Big picture. When you look back at this season, Many years from now, will you think of it as the start of something big or a wasted opportunity and a Super Bowl that the Eagles should have under their belt or there'll, both? There'll be an aspect of the second for yeah. sure, right? Uh, a lot was made of their strength of schedule, but like they had a great run to get here. They had a really nice runway, and they executed on that runway. They won back-to-back playoff games by 20-plus points. It's very hard to do. It's very rarely done. Uh, and then they got to this game, and they really did give it their darndest. And when I when I think about this game in a long time, I'll, I'll remember it was a very high-quality game. I'll remember that I loved that. I remember I was happy when it was over because it was such a good game, and I, and I was so glad to have watched it. But you'd like to have a, a second ring at the end of it, and you were very close to that. And so there's definitely an aspect of the second of it. When I think about whether or not it's the beginning of something and, and, and if we'll see it, it's the start of that, I definitely think... I'll think about it as the beginning of the Jalen Hurts era in Philadelphia. Hurts is going to be a second contract quarterback. He's going to be the starting quarterback for the foreseeable future. Barring a, a health and injury situation, I, I don't see how Hurts is not uh, a starter for at least into his early 30s. And like kind of, you know, we'll see what his running style does and kind of uh, the, the hits that accumulate on him as a rushing quarterback. And, and, you know, God forbid if he has injury, how that affects his running ability, which is so important to his game. So I think you'll see it, see it as the beginning of the Hurts era, whether or not that era is defined by future Super Bowl appearances is going to be a question mark, right? Hurts is a $4.8 million cap hit next year in the event that they don't extend him. In the event that he, he, they do, they might raise the, the bar. 
you don't need to be a rookie contract quarterback to go to the Super Bowl. You don't need to be a rookie contract quarterback to be a good team. It's much harder to do it on a second contract. And as the Chiefs demonstrated, in order to do it, you have to be really good at drafting. And Roseman tends to be really good at trades and really good at, at free agent acquisition and really good at getting established guys who are good in the building and integrated. Drafting is not where he's as Although strong. you were going over some recent classes, right? Just, yeah. And we were saying. They, 2021 they, you know. was a strong class for sure. Yeah. But over the course of, you know, we have 10 plus years of Howie Roseman data, drafting is not a, a, as strong for Howie as I think his other aspects. Not to say it's, it's bad. I think Howie's generally underrated as a drafter. I think that Howie's strength is leveraging the rookie contract quarterback into really, really, really good moves with the cap, really, really good moves with trades, knowing his winning window. This aspect, this building on the second uh, uh, contract, we have less data on that. We've seen less success from that. So I think I'll see it as the beginning of the Hurts era. I'll be curious to see if I see it as the beginning of like a couple of, of deep playoff runs because it, it gets harder from here. And that's okay, but it's important to know that it gets harder from here. I remember that Chiefs-Bills game. Was it two years ago? That was that last year or two years ago? I can't know. like the legendary one. Yeah, no, that was last, last year. year. Yeah, that was last year. Goodness, you're old. Yes, that's true. Uh, and it's late for me, and I just have to write something after this. So uh, God bless. Hashtag thoughts and prayers with me. No, I'm just kidding. All right, but I remember watching that game, and I think a lot of the league and fans and whoever are watching that game, going, "Do we have a guy who can play in a game like that?" And I'm not saying this was a game like that. But this was a game where the Kansas City Chiefs, the best offense in the NFL, delivered one of their best performances of the season, and you had the game tied with five minutes left because yeah. your offense answered the call time after time after time. And by the way, that was in a game where you had a, you know, a self-inflicted fumble that was returned for a touchdown. And so to, like, that's just such a... That's got to be a big takeaway if you're an Eagles fan is that, yeah, you have a quarterback who can play in that game, who can go toe-to-toe with the opponent, who's, like you said earlier, you were saying, you know, Hurts is going to improve at X, Y, and Z. Like, normally, if it was another player, I would push back on that and go, well, yeah, I don't know. Like, sometimes that happens. Right. Uh, improvement. I would push back on it as well. If yeah. Player. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. say it. Improvements not doesn't always just go in a, you know, uh, uh, an upward slope, an upward trajectory. But with Hurts, it kind of does. He just adds every season. He works every season. He figures it out. He's got the right makeup. So, that that's the big thing going forward. Why why I do feel like it's the start of something. It doesn't mean they'll ever get back here with Hurts. It's forget they got there once with Donovan McNabb. It's hard. Right. It's hard to get back. But uh, you, I feel confident that they'll at least be in the mix. That they'll have a high floor. You see if some of the randomness goes in your way another season. So you have that. But mm, like Jalen Hurts is going to get a contract this off season. I, you think so? Like. I think that's going to pay him between forty-seven and fifty million dollars per year. I mean, that I think that's yeah. like I. If you look at just how the Eagles franchise has operated since Jeffrey Lurie yeah. bought, bought the team, since Howie Roseman's been the GM, when they find someone they believe in, and after this game, if they were unsure going into this game, I don't think they were. Uh, this game just makes you feel even better about it. So I don't think they're going to wait. If you wait, the price only goes up. It's just a matter of kind of the guarantees that are a little tricky with the Deshaun Watson thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, what he Kyler got. Kyler deal is five-year, right? 230.5. So that's, yeah, 46. 46. The cap's and, going up. Yeah, and, and, he, and 190, uh, 190 million guaranteed. So, yeah, Hertz is, is getting. No, not, I, I don't think that's – I don't think that was the fully – 
guaranteed this is sp- spot track wills but yeah. anyway yeah it, it's gonna be a lot of money uh it's gonna be a lot of money guaranteed but i think yeah 103.3 guaranteed at signing okay for the yeah, kyler so the deal stuff's like and then there's option bonus and yeah. stuff like that yeah, yeah yeah so um he's gonna get a monster contract there, there's uh, no doubt about it in my mind and he's gonna be the guy you're watching for uh many years to come barring some type of injury or something very weird happening. So that makes it harder to build around the guy. I think Jason Fitzgerald of Over the Cap has said the Eagles are like bottom five in terms of cap space they can create this offseason with restructures. Like a lot of the team is going to be back. And so you look at it offensively and you feel pretty good about that. Mm-hmm. You're coming back next year with Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, a good offensive line, and Jalen Hurts. Like this should be a top five offense next year. Now you don't know what Kelsey's going to do. You don't say Amalu is a free agent and Miles Sanders is a free agent. But honestly, yeah. Like, I don't know. I think you can. You, I think you can maintain the level of running back you're at. There's a, a slight chance you you know you, you could upgrade there. Miles Sanders had a very good season. He did not have a great game tonight. Again, like you said, he might have been injured. But I think you feel very good um, about the offense. So the stuff you don't feel good about, Benjamin. You had 22 healthy starters in this game. It's unheard of. Yeah. In the Super it's Bowl. Un- it's un- unheard of, And again, of, someone was yelling at me saying you got a different, not yelling at me, but offering constructive, you know, feedback. Constructive yells. No, they, I think they were nice about it, so I don't want to say yell at me. Right. But there's a difference between healthy and available, and that's true, although Jalen Hurts looked very healthy to yeah. me. So 22 players available for the Super Bowl, that almost never happens. You're 22 starters. So that type of injury luck, uh, again, every season's different. I don't want to fall into the gambler's uh, fallacy, but uh, most of the time, that does not happen. You face the easiest regular season schedule in the NFL yep. for DVOA. That's usually not the case. Next year, you're going to face a first place uh, schedule. Eagles there, Chiefs so. week one next year. Yeah. In Kansas City. Yeah, there you go. So Sunday night. Well, actually, no, Thursday night football. Open the season oh with it, baby. Gosh. I love how you're already excited about this. I'm like, I need a breather here. I can't uh, wait. With these football games. So those are some of the things that are probably not going to go in your favor. And then I just looked this up. You had 12 defensive players play at least 15 snaps tonight. Eight of them are free agents. Chauncey so, Gardner-Johnson. Oh, I was going to do oh, it off the off You the want app. to? Go ahead. Uh, okay, Chauncey, Bradbury, TJ Edwards. Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Brandon Graham. That's six for sure, yes. right? Marcus Epps? Yes. I'm not missing somebody extremely obvious. I mean, not Kaiser White. Yeah, yeah. Good, good job. You nailed it. He's What's very up? proud of himself. He's yelling to himself on the concourse there. So Jeez. eight of them. So you have a lot of work to do. You have to figure out who you want to bring back, who you don't want to bring back. What's it going to cost? Who you can afford to keep? So uh, a lot of tough decisions to be yeah. made on the defensive side of the ball. You're not going to face the easiest uh, slate of opposing offenses in the NFL. Next year, you're probably not going to have 70 sacks. Next year, you're probably not going to have the same turnover luck uh, next year. So those things. And then you mentioned it with the coordinators. You very well could be looking at two new coordinators, for better or worse. This, These bungled searches by the Colts and the Cardinals might really come and bite the Eagles in the butt. So they could just <laughs> handle their business and would have hired coaches by now. Yeah. I, I, there's a huge what if of like... Like Gannon was in on like the Texan search and he was in on the Colts... Or not the Colts search, a, a Bronco search, I think it was. And then he was removed from those. And quite shortly afterwards, it was like, oh, Big Fangio's going to the Dolphins, right? And then all nice of a sudden... socks. Oh, I'm just oh, going to look at you. your yeah. socks. Those They're are toe nice. socks. Okay. And then all of a sudden... What does that mean? I mean toe socks? Individual toes. For dress socks like yeah. that? Is that a thing? 
I thought that was like, oh my gosh, he just took his shoe off. This is disgusting. He's wiggling his toes. That's my cue to fit end the podcast. All right, sorry, continue. There's a, a sliding doors moment where Vic Fangio could have been the defensive coordinator of the Eagles if Jonathan Gannon got a job earlier, and I will forever think about that, <laughs> and it will depress me greatly. So we don't know. We don't know who will be the defensive coordinator, who will be the offensive coordinator. We'll have plenty of time to talk about that. I feel, pretty con- I feel very confident that the Eagles' defense is not going to be as good yeah. next year, and that you know, has very— th- You're telling me they're not going to set a record for Saxon? Yeah, yeah the, no. it really, that doesn't have to do— I mean, it has partially to do with the coordinator, but I'm not convinced it's going to be a huge drop-off with the coordinator. We'll see. But uh, just the other factors I mentioned— what else? We cover everything. Rihanna. I don't know. I got it. all my notes are taken. How long? What, what do we got here? Yeah, we're almost an hour in. All right. Any Rihanna thoughts? Re, any uh, re? I mean, so many hits that just stood out. Yeah. Like hit after hit after hit. But I was trying to gather some of my halftime thoughts. Yeah, uh, I was rewatching the first half at that time. So yeah, I thought. Uh, but I thought I thought she was good. I am. You know, I'm not like a. Uh, I always made the joke. Oh, I forgot to tweet out my joke tonight. Oh. I would make fun of sports writers for years that, like, you know, every year they would make fun of the halftime show and just say it should be Bruce Springsteen was the uh, – it was a much better joke. It, listen, this was, like, 10 years ago. But anyway, I thought Rihanna was, uh, w- was uh, good. Enjoyable. I was just Although I stressed. would have liked some other people out there, right? There was yeah. no guest appearances. She I was, was stressed with her on the, on the platform. That was all. scary. Yeah, I was worried about yeah, her. Somebody's got to call her mom. Right. Um, Eagles record prediction 2023? <laughs> oh, Wow. I will say 11 and 6. Exactly what I was thinking, 11 okay. and 6. Yeah. I think I, they're still the yeah. favorites in the division. I think you said the over-under right now at 10 and a half for the Eagles. I agree. Yeah. 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 You know. Offense should be great next year. And, and, and even with Steichen leaving, like, like it is still Sirianni's offense. And if you have yeah. the rest of the offensive staff together, you have to figure out who's going to call plays. Not that that doesn't That's matter. That's another that one they got to worry about in terms of uh, – uh, the timeline on Stike and leaving and that job opening up because I imagine they'd really want to keep Brian Johnson, the quarterback's coach, who is... The uh, Ravens are interviewing him, right? Yes, he's yeah. currently being interviewed by the Ravens for the OC, the OC job. Yeah. Uh, it's a... Uh, their coaching staff could get hit in a big way because like, I agree with you, it's Sirianni's offense, but Steichen to me is an unbelievable play caller. Steichen's ability to sequence plays I think is really, really, really impressive. And t- tonight, uh, no, no, never more so than tonight. So I'm worried, but they have Goddard under contract for the next three years, Brown under contract for the next four years, or three years, actually. Devontae for the next two years, plus the, 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 the fifth-year option if they want it. And then when they extend Hurts, they'll have him for the next five years. Like the core of the passing game. I mean, think about that. Yeah. Brown, Devontae, and Goddard all in their 20s under contract for the next yeah. three years, if you include yeah, AJ, AJ like, that's is for the, huge, yeah. AJ and that's is, as good a, that's as good a trio as there is yeah. in the NFL. I mean, that is such a luxury to have that really gives you a high floor. Yeah, AJ's four years, Goddard is three, and then Devontae is two plus one because the fifth year option. Um, and then yeah, and they have Lane under contract for three years. They have Mylotta under contract for three years, and then yeah, it's it's figuring out Kelsey, Samalo, Dickerson. They obviously have, and they have Jurgens in, in in the back. Like if you. Uh, adhere to the theory that like they can pretty much plug and chug any average running back yeah, in here and be Stoutland, okay. And Stoutland is oh. staying under contract. Yeah, he is. That's my boy. Yeah. Uh, if you adhere to the theory that they can pretty much plug and chug any running back they want in here, which I think like as so long as it like is above a, a certain bar, they can. There's no reason to believe this offense shouldn't pop back next year and be great. There's a. I think there is a, a reason to believe they're going to step back a little bit because of the Steichen aspect of things. But other than that, man, I mean, 
the, the core is in place to be scoring a lot of points and to be back playing January football. I think it's figuring out what your defense looks like and how it looks against elite quarterbacks. Like that's to me, like that's when I, if Nick Sirianni sits down in the office on Wednesday and takes a couple of days off with the kids, you know, <laughs> only until Wednesday. Uh, and then he, he goes to a big clean whiteboard and says, what are we going to work on this year? It's, Okay, we got to be better against elite quarterbacks. That's the big challenge moving forward. But offensively, I think you're set for you got your core for the future yeah, and what yeah, a core it is. Yeah, like I said, among the best uh, pass catching trio in the NFL, three players in their prime who all complement each other very well. That's huge. An offensive line with such a high floor because the coaching's so good and you invest in it. So uh, ceiling where ceiling where it's the best offensive line in the NFL and yep. floor where it's like a solid offensive line in my opinion because they have depth pieces already on the roster and a great coach and a quarterback with the you know the makeup uh, that you would want in the leader of your football team who you know is going to consistently improve so uh, all those things work in your favor where I think the offense is just going to be really I mean the injury luck is the big thing you know like if you, if you suffer some injuries with some of those key players, obviously that's right, going to yeah. suck. But, man, on paper, it's a really good group. We know offensive efficiency is king in the NFL, and so I think they're going to have a nice run at it next year. And like you said, defense, they got to figure out a whole lot of stuff. Scheme, coaching, personnel. No. Uh, Norris taking – see, now Norris taking a picture of us. Now, back no. in the day, I would have been uh, – Nor Princiati's behind us taking a picture. Back in the day, I would have been very self-conscious because I would have had a bald spot here. But now it's all bald. Yeah. So, yeah, that might look good. I don't know what that looks like uh, uh, behind the, the back of my head there. So I look forward to seeing I'm just worried I got sweat patches on my shirt, but I think I'm okay. You're okay. All right. I guess that'll do it. Listen, thank you oh, to man. everyone who you've been along for the ride. It really does seem like a couple weeks ago where we were like, all right, the season starts next week. Let's do a few pods about yeah. what we what we think. But uh, as the season was going on, I w- was not saying that. It felt uh, it felt longer at times. But, man, it was uh, it really is one of the best Eagles teams uh, probably since most of you listening have been alive, even though they lost – the Super Bowl. So we'll see. You're going to be upset for the foreseeable future, probably for the rest of your lives. But that's how Super Bowl, that's how Super Bowl losses hit. If the Sixers I'm not going to sugarcoat lose, it. If the Sixers make and lose the NBA championship this mm. year, man, they're going to have to just, we're going to have to cut the city out and yeah. just send it on an island and let it float away, man. Yeah. It's going to be a tough one. We'll see. But we'll, uh, we'll, we'll take some time off. We'll relax. We'll recharge, and then uh, before you know it, we'll be talking about these free agent decisions. We'll be talking about some of the coaching changes. Ben will be leading us for uh, draft stuff, and we will look ahead to next season. Ten overall, baby. Season ten overall. I forgot that. Yeah, I mean, you really could have had a big piece there at ten overall or trade back and add depth on the team. So thanks again to everybody for listening, for reviewing, for rating, for subscribing, for tweeting at us, for uh, emailing us, all the people we've heard from this season, even at the Super Bowl. I feel like uh, we've heard from a good amount of people who just, the yeah. first person go to go to get the credential, and it's a Philly special listener. So we appreciate it for everyone uh, for listening and jumping on board this season. We will talk to all of you soon. Thank you. And listen, we have a weird recording set up here, so we're going to get Cliff's thoughts uh, on the next Philly special because we can't really get get to them right now. So we'll hear all about his experience uh, for the next one. All right, thanks to everyone for listening to the Ringers Philly special. Thanks to Cliff, thanks to Ben, and we will talk to you next time.
This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.